And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or AM 1260 WBIX if you're listening on Sunday nights. Uh, my name's John Paul, the AAA Car Doctor here to help you with your car problems and car buying decisions and all kinds of other things that relate to automobiles. Uh, and remember, you can always find past programs on the podcast site, which is johnfpaul.podomatic.com, or search on iTunes or Stitcher or any of those other places where podcasts kind of uh, just hang around. Well, do you ever think about, you know, you think about buying a car, you think about financing, you look around. Well, there's a new way to be able to find financing. And with us on the phone is Sergey Vantanov. He is the chief marketing officer and co-founder of Auto Gravity. Good morning, Sergey. Good morning, John Paul. How are you? I am good. Uh you know, tell us tell us about this is a confusing part. You know, buying cars is confusing enough, but then all of a sudden you go out and you decide you want to finance that car and you go to the you go to the car dealer and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of black magic that seems to happen and papers going back and forth and you know, you, by the time you're done, you don't know if you got a good deal or not. Is it competitive? Um your website tries to help people with that, right? That's that's right. We we've been hearing a lot of that from from users of Auto Gravity and the, from the folks that we've been talking to here in California and across the country, um, it, it's actually I would argue that financing powers a lot of the auto industry. Almost nine in ten new cars are financed. It's it's kind of a myth that people go down to the dealership and bring a bag of cash with them and plop it down on the dealer's desk and say, "Here's thirty thousand dollars, and I want a car." It, it's that when when people buy a car, oftentimes they have a monthly budget that they can fit their car into. You have $300 a month, and you're going to use that to pay for gas, pay for insurance, and pay for your monthly car payment. I thought so Cal- what I th- you pay for your car, yes? I thought in California that's the only way people buy cars. They came up with big piles of cash and just laid it on the salesman's <laughs> desk and told them, uh, and told them I, 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 just, I just want to buy that car, and, you know, they just throw cash all over the place. You I mean, that isn't, you know, from the East Coast, that's all we ever hear, you know, so. In, in California, everyone leases. <laughs> if you look at Los Angeles, everyone's always in a new car. That's true, yeah. It's actually kind of intimidating, but but people people try to fit that car into a budget, um, and financing is what, is what makes that possible. Whether you're you're leasing a car, or whether you're buying a car and paying for it with a car loan over four, five, six years, uh, the financing is what makes it possible. And it's it's actually when you talk to people, it's, it's one of the the more intimidating parts of the car shopping process because it's, there's so much that happens that's difficult to understand. Uh, we built we built Auto Gravity to to help people through that journey to help them see their finance options before they go to the dealership. So whether you're at home with your family or whether you're at work or whether you woke up at three a.m. with cold sweats um, and you're wondering how am I going to pay for that car, uh, we built a tool that allows you to in under ten minutes be able to see up to four offers from four different banks or from the car companies and the manufacturer. And know that, okay, so this, this car is going to cost me $250 a month, and I actually have four different offers on the table. And now when I go to the dealership, I can have a conversation where I'm in control, where I know what my options are, and I, I feel like I can kind of drive through that process and also save a few hours while I'm there. Now, did this? Did you just see a need, or did this come out because of frustration, personal frustration, that you went out car shopping one day and decided there has to be a better way? It was a combination of both. So Auto Gravity has four co-founders, and three of us are actually from the car industry. Um, I'm, I'm kind of the guy that 
didn't grow up in the car industry. Between the other three, they have over half a century of combined auto industry experience. Um, and, and they hear it every day. Like You hear from, from customers, when, whether you're working at a car finance company or at a car company, you know, I, I wish this process was a little bit faster. You know, I wish this was a little bit less confusing. I, I kind of, it, wouldn't it be nice to know my options before I went? And, and getting pre-approved is, is pretty standard nowadays for other major financing. If you're going to buy a house, you typically get pre-approved for a mortgage. It's not that you go to buy the house, negotiate the price, and have to deal with your financing right there on the spot. So the, the notion that something else is possible has, has long been out there, and, and we brought that to the car industry. We, we brought a team together that decided, you know what, like between all of us, we, we believe that something different is possible, and we're going to use technology to give people control again. Are the lenders actually bidding on your business, um, the, the consumer's business, or are, they just, or are they just posting their typical rate? Then actually, they're, they're not bidding. So to, to, to go back to an earlier point, Autogravity is available not just as a website, but also as an iPhone app and an Android app. Okay. Um, and surprisingly, the, the vast majority of people that apply in Autogravity, there's two things that are true about them. Um, most, of, most of the folks that apply in Autogravity every month are millennials. They're, they're younger. It's people 18 to 35. Our average customer is actually 31 years old. Um, and most people do it on the app, not on the website. Um, there's actually been quite an embrace of that. But when you use the platform, you, you pick a car, um, any new or used car, mm-hmm. and you say, okay, I'm going to search for financing, and you fill in an application for financing. Um, this is this is where there's a little bit of auto-gravity magic that happens. Um, our chief tech officer is actually a, a, a PhD in, in machine learning um, and also an astrophysicist. He's kind of a rocket scientist. Uh, when you apply for financing on Autogravity, we have a bunch of platform lenders that we work with. It's, it's some of the biggest banks in America and also some of the, the big car manufacturing companies like Mercedes-Benz Financial. Mm-hmm. Um, and based on the car that you selected, the dealership you selected, and uh, where you are in the credit spectrum, so what your credit worthiness is, we, we actually select four lenders from our portfolio of lenders that we believe are the ones that are going to, one, be the most likely to approve you, um, and two, be the most likely to offer you competitive rates. Um, so you then see, usually it happens within about 10 seconds, you're able to see four binding offers from four different lenders that have been selected by the, the auto-gravity machine learning platform. But the lenders aren't bidding each other out. They kind of they, they post their best offer once, mm-hmm. and it's the offer that, you would have, that the dealer would have seen for you when you go to the dealership because we work with the same banks the dealer works with. Okay. But now instead of instead of having a bank chosen for you or chosen on behalf of you, you're able to see your four offers, the, the same offer as the dealer would have seen, and you're able to choose the one that's right for you. And you're actually seeing the real bank rate as opposed to sometimes at a dealership, the dealer may have a relationship with that particular bank and maybe mark it up by half a percent because their profit sometimes is in the loan, not in the car, right? So that's essentially right. When you uh, when you apply on auto gravity for financing, you're, you're applying to see. Uh, we kind of say see what the dealer sees. Mm-hmm. Um, you're applying to see to see rates directly from from the lender. But the dealer still, and, and we're very transparent about this. The dealer still has to do work at the point of sale. The dealer has to help you with your titling and registration. Mm-hmm. What our partner lenders do is they they bake in compensation for the dealership okay. into the rate. But the difference is, is that the compensation is, is flat and it's fair. So when you apply an auto gravity, the lender uses a formula to bake in their, the dealer's 
reserve on top of the, the bank rate, the wholesale bank rate. But if you, me, and five other people were to go to the, to the, to, through, through this process and we all had similar credit scores, what the dealer would get out of those deals is basically identical for all five of us. It's a fair rate that compensates the dealer for helping you close the deal and do the paperwork. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And going back to the idea of, you know, people financing versus paying cash, you know, the old, you know, the old, old, old days when somebody came in and they were a cash buyer, that made a difference. But today, uh, the buyer that comes in that's a cash buyer, um, although it may, the transaction may go quicker, the dealer's not necessarily as enthused about that as they used to be because a lot of it is about the financing. So this really helps. I think it helps the dealer do their job and it helps the consumer know what they're doing. Yeah. That's right. The cornerstone here is about a fair deal. Um, before we built Auto Gravity, before we rewrote even a line of code, our team spent a lot of time talking to people who'd recently bought or leased cars. And, and one of the things we asked is, like, you know, if you could get every last dollar, would you? And what we heard from people pretty consistently was, no. Um, I understand that the dealer has to feed their family and pay for rent on, on a dealership lot. I just, I don't want to be taken advantage of. I don't want to be mm. the sucker that drives off with unfair financing. And, and so what we learned is that the customers were actually perfectly comfortable paying a small premium on the car and on the financing as long as it's the same premium that everybody else pays. Just as if you were to go to Target and buy a TV, you wouldn't expect to buy the TV for the same price that Target bought it from Sony or from Samsung. Like You know that there's going to be a markup. Or if you go online to Amazon, you know that Amazon is charging a markup to make that shipping free because they have to make a profit. No, absolutely. but you don't. The difference is you don't have to negotiate for the TV when you're on Amazon. And and similarly, like, like there's no there's there's nothing black magic about it. And, and we basically brought that experience that like you know like one click easy shopping experience, but for the car to the consumer. So when you use the platform, you can rest assured that as you drive off the lot, you got a fair deal. You chose your financing provider. You knew what your down payment was going to be. You knew what your rate was going to be. You knew what your monthly payment was going to be before you went to the lot, and you were able to get all that information in under 10 minutes, where today that process can take two or three hours. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you go on your website and you have all the different cars listed, you're not necessarily a car buying site. You're a car financing site, correct? We, it, it, the lines are a little bit blurred on here. Um, you can't, at the end of the day, buy a car from Auto Gravity because we're not a dealership. Right. But you can go to Auto Gravity, pick your car, apply for financing, get your financing offers, and with many of our dealers, you can have that car delivered to your house. Oh, okay. The dealer shows up with the paperwork in hand, and you sign the paperwork at your office or at your house, and off you go with the car if you want. Now, can well, I... Well, we found it. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, what I was thinking was, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, there's all kinds of things swirling through my mind right now. I'm thinking of cars, uh, you know, sites like TrueCar, where I can go mm -hmm. out and do kind of an online negotiation for the car. And then can I take kind of overlay that onto Auto Gravity? You can. We, we find that people use different digital platforms. Like it's not that, that any one digital platform has claim over the complete mm -hmm. user journey. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I guess the answer for that is absolutely. But the other insight that we that we've had is that everybody has a different profile in terms of how much digital you want. Mm. 
and and it actually it it doesn't vary much by age. Like you think like okay, like the the young kids, like the nineteen twenty year olds, want to do the whole thing online, and older folks want to go to the dealership and spend four hours there. But that's not true at all. What we're actually seeing is that it depends from person to person. Some people want to be able to just click a buy now button and have the car show up in their driveway. Some people want to go to Auto Gravity, get their finance offers, you know, save two three hours at the dealership, mm-hmm. but still go to the dealership and drive a few cars. Right. You just want to show up with your financing in hand so that finance process takes you a few minutes instead of a few hours. And then there are people who use Auto Gravity to car shop, look at different cars on on the platform, on the app, or on the website. Um, but then they call up a few different dealers and they go to the dealership and complete the financing process there. Mm. And the way that we built the technology and the experience is you can go as digital as you want. If you're if you're comfortable going digital all the way, then you can use Auto Gravity to do that. If you're comfortable going digital halfway, then you can do that too. Yeah, it it you know you you mentioned the car buying journey and it really and it really is sort of a journey for a lot of people because they look at you know they look at whether you know some people will say you know I'd rather go have a root canal than go buy a car because of the stress involved with it and other people sort of enjoy that and I think there's a vast majority of people who just want to make buying a car as simple as you know going to Target and buying a toaster yeah, that's exactly right there are parts of buying a car that are awesome uh, well test driving cars like universally like there's almost nobody that doesn't want to get behind the wheel of a brand new car and drive it around the block just to feel what it's like. It's, it's fun, mm. and it, it's not a bad way to spend part of your Saturday. The, the the part of the part of the struggle is that the average and we can talk about millennials for a second. The average millennial spends seventeen and a half hours buying a car. That's that's almost a full day worth of mm. hours. Um, Twelve of that is spent online, and then you spend five and a half hours on the dealership lot. And especially if, if you're a bit younger and you don't have a deep credit history, it, it may be difficult to get financing when you're there. So here you you really put yourself out there and expose yourself. Spent a full day on this process. It's now hour four on the dealership lot. It's Saturday and you're ready to go home. It's getting late. And you find out that, you know, maybe you don't qualify for financing. Wouldn't you like to find out at home before you went? Yeah, that that does that does make an awful lot of sense, and you know, just thinking, kind of thinking the whole process through of how it works, it 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 really does, and it you know, and it it also eliminates the disappointment that can happen. It's sort of it's sort of funny. I work a lot with high school kids, and we did a high school program Mm -hmm. where we actually, you know, kids had these sort of semi fictitious lives where they were. 25 years old, they had a job, they had a certain amount of debt, and they were going out on their own, and they had to find an apartment and find a car, and every kid comes up to the transportation booth, and they want the Shelby GT500, and then they find out, well, they're probably, with their credit scores and their debt rates, they're probably better off with the uh, 2003 Honda Accord. Um, but yeah, to know, to see that, hey, look at this, and then the disappointment that happened. This kind yeah. of at least, at least you know where you are in the in the scheme of the financing part. We're talking with uh, Sergey uh, Vantanov, uh, co-founder of Auto Gravity, and also your. Um, you said you said out in California, and now pretty much across the country, we're seeing leasing growing by leaps and bounds. And your site can also help with leasing too, right? That's, that's right. Um, so Auto Gravity is live in 48 states, uh, including Massachusetts. Um, it is um, something that started in California, but we found the demand was there really across the country. And, and yeah, what we found is that, that whether it's, it's loans or leasing, the process can be so complicated. So you can use Auto Gravity as an example. Go onto the app, 
take a, let's say you're a luxury buyer, pick a Mercedes Benz. Um, you're going for the entry level, so you look at a C-Class, um, and you're able to compare side-by-side side what your monthly payment would be for a loan and for a lease. Um, leasing is especially complicated. You have, you have money factors um, and residual values. And a lot of, I mean, like, at least like when you're getting a loan for a car, it's, it's a down payment and an interest rate like, that's familiar to people. With leasing, it becomes like a, an entire degree more complex. So the value that's created by going through that process on your phone or on your computer, kind of when you're at home with your family, is, is even greater. And we found a tremendous satisfaction from users trying to do that online. No, you're you're absolutely right. You mentioned the word money factor. I bet if you asked a hundred people what money factor was, uh, one would actually have the answer. Yeah, it's actually we we when we if you ask people what is a down payment, even like you you'd be surprised to find out that a lot of very common finance terms aren't really familiar to people, and and when you're when you're going to buy a car, you're you're really you're forced to confront the reality of all all this finance education that you probably slept through in college, you know, or in high school. Um, and it kind of hits you all in the face at the same time, and you're sitting across the desk from somebody who does this for a living. And that, that process can be really intimidating. It's, it's, it's quite powerful to be able to take control over that process and do it whenever you want. And when, when I say whenever you want, I, I mean it. Where every day, people use auto-gravity 24 hours a day. So there, there are people that are using it during work hours, during dinner, and then early in the morning. But we actually, we see people using it 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. But when you would expect nobody to be awake, there are mm. folks applying for financing. Well, yeah, I, I suppose. I don't know that I would do that. But uh, but yeah, yeah it's not it, for me either. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I know. I I can uh, I can look at some of some of those types of numbers myself, and I'm surprised when people are online and what they're doing. But it is it is really it is really kind of interesting how the shift in you know whether it's buying or finance in the old days of you know the bank was open from nine to three five days a week, and that's when that's when you had to do your financing. And today, where people can look at all of this 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and and, and get a good solid answer of of what they're looking for. I think is pretty amazing. Now the website is simple enough. It's uh, autogravity dot com, right? That's right. Um, and if you want to use autogravity as an app, you can just search for autogravity in the app store or in the play store. We're actually we're one of the top ten automotive apps and one of the top fifty finance apps in the country. And this thing's really caught fire. Yeah, and and it's amazing. I know even where. My full-time job is I work for AAA, and even even though our demographics are a little bit older, uh, people come to it, – it's a pretty – we have a pretty even split, 50-50 um, uh, mobile versus uh, uh, conventional uh, PC use. And just mm-hmm. the idea that you're walking – you literally walking around a car dealership, and as you're, you know – Looking at cars and looking at colors, you're also you're also looking at financing at the same time. Uh, just again, sort of streamlines that whole process, and at least you know where you are. It's it's a, it sounds like a perfect solution. Yeah, and it, it's powerful. You can you can start on the website um, on your computer, or your desktop, or laptop at home. Pick out a few cars, look at a few dealerships. Maybe later that day, you're on a tablet. Um, you go look at a few dealerships. You apply for financing. And then you have your offers in your account, and you can go to the dealership, take out your iPhone, and you have your offers in the palm of your hand. And you can pick an offer right there as long as you love the car that you applied for. Hmm. 
No, and, and, you know, some of the commercials that talk about how powerful credit score uh, information is, uh, this to me puts it in, in uh, exactly, if not even a better place when you're, when you're out negotiating. And you, you brought, so, you know, you, you mentioned something about sitting across a desk from somebody. Typically, you know, in our lifetime, we might buy half a dozen cars. Uh, mm-hmm. on, a, on a good day, the salesperson's selling half a dozen cars. So they're a lot better, right. at, they're a lot better at selling than you are at buying. That's right. That's right. But but everybody appreciates when the process is faster. Right. Um, and we've heard this as well from our dealer partners. So Auto Gravity actually has attracted quite a bit of love from the dealer community. Um, four of the five largest dealer groups in the country have signed up to partner with our platform. And part of it is because like if a customer comes in and they already know their finance offers, but you haven't been cut out of the economics. So it's not that they've completely like you know like brought in their own cash and you feel like you can't make money on the financing, mm. but it's there. If a customer comes in and you can get them in and out of the finance office in minutes instead of in hours, that customer is going to be a lot happier. And they're going to give you a much higher customer satisfaction score when the car company calls to survey them, and that means a higher bonus for you. Well, it sounds like a win for everyone. And, again, the website is autogravity.com. The app, just search in the app store for autogravity. Autogravity, yep. yep. And uh, and and simple enough when you're when you're out there, like you said, making the process easy, making the process uh, being informed. And there's a there was a an old time I think it was a clothing store uh, company here in in the Northeast that was you know uh, an informed consumer is our best customer. And you know that translates even into car buying. The more you know, the more information you have going in, the more prepared you are going in, the better the experience is going to be for you as well as a dealership. So it makes sense. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Because if you feel like you know your options, you're going to be a lot less cynical because you do know your options. There's nothing left to hide. And you realize that actually you did get a fair deal Hmm. and you can feel comfortable driving off the lot. Yeah, no, it absolutely makes sense. Sergey, thanks for taking time out of your very early Saturday morning out in California. <laughs> Thank you, John Paul. It all was right. a pleasure. All right, take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Sergey Vantanoff, he is the co-founder of Auto Gravity. And I was I was looking at his resume here a little bit. Uh, he is uh, chief marketing officer of Auto Gravity, uh, where he leads uh, marketing product and design, as well as uh, other things. But he... Um, before that, he was a consultant with the Boston Consulting Group, which he led a cross-functional team of designers, engineers, and product managers. Uh, he um, got his MBA from Harvard. So let's see. He's got a Harvard MBA. He's got a rocket scientist who works with him, who has a who has a doctorate's degree in astrophysics. Um, they're not just a bunch of nerdy code writers over there, are they? Yeesh. Uh, but actually, you know, it makes sense if you're if you're uh, looking to do, you know, if you're looking at finance. And I even talked to our financing people at work, and I t- told them I was having uh, Sergey on the show, and just said, you know, have you ever heard of this, and how would it relate to our business at AAA? We sort of do the same thing. We work with various institutions to try to get the best rate for our members. But a platform like this might even make it easier. And certainly if we were in the lending business, actual, you know, our money lending, I would think we would want to be hooked up with this because it it just makes a lot of sense. And I looked at the dealer network around Massachusetts and Rhode Island, and Auto Gravity has a a very um, uh, rich network of dealers around here. So pretty easy. I I just clicked on Hyundai, and it seemed like every Hyundai dealer in – 
in the Northeast was listed here. So pretty easy to think about buying a car. We need to take a break, pay some bills. When we come back, we're going to talk about the car that got me around part of the week, the Acura MDX and what makes it special. It's a hybrid. It's a sport hybrid on top of that. We'll be right back. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. Retiring today in the States is nothing like past retirements in Ireland. Years ago, Ireland offered one choice, a state pension. You either contributed or you didn't. Today, you have endless retirement choices, and if you choose the wrong one, it could have a devastating effect on your retirement years. I'm Mark Rollette, founder of South Shore Retirement Services. Like the name says, we provide personal service, knowledge, and experience for your retirement. I chose this business because I wanted my relatives and friends to make the right choices. Be protected, collect the maximum from their social security, and create a unique income for life strategy. Let's set up a time to meet. Call 781-836-4214 or visit SouthShoreRetirementServices.com or reserve a seat for one of our upcoming seminars. Come join me for Strategies to Maximize Your Social Security on Tuesday, March 21st or Thursday, March 23rd at Marabou Inn in Plymouth at 6 p.m. South Shore Retirement Services, 781-836-4214 or visit SouthShoreRetirementServices.com. Salem Media Group Boston is happy to announce Eliza Morgan is going to be the keynote speaker at our 6th annual Women in Ministry Brunch. Eliza is a co-host of the syndicated radio program, Discover the Word, heard daily on AM 590 WEZE. I'm looking forward to this group of women coming from all over different cities, coming together with regular life challenges, and then some really biggies as well, and discovering who God is in them. Women of God, won't you please join us for an annual Women in Ministry Brunch held on Thursday, June 22nd at Lombardo's, 6 Billing Street in Randolph, Massachusetts. Doors will open promptly at 10 a.m. This is a free event and surely to sell out fast. Last year, over 600 women came to this great event. Don't be left out. To reserve your seat at this great event, go to one of our websites, am590theword.com, wrolradio.com, am1260thebuzz.com, or radioloosboston.com. Click on the Women in Ministry banner to register. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor.
And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. I, when I um, prepare for the show a little bit, and sometimes I prepare more than others, so I'll be honest, I, I do take some stuff from automotive news and other buff magazines, you know, whether it's Motor Trend and Car and Driver. But there's a picture in the back of automotive news, and they call it Final Assembly is their back page where they have a little bit lighter things. And it says, uh, Ford returns to its roots. Uh, uh, Ford uh, Motor Company Executive Chairman Bill Ford and his two sons, uh, Nick and Will, visited the Henry Ford Tavern in the family's ancestral village of um, someplace in County Cork. And uh, it shows the three of them standing in front of the Henry Ford Tavern. And to me, it really looks like Matt, Bill Bailey, and Johnny Costello standing in front of a tavern because they're all holding glasses of Guinness. So, so uh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave this picture for commentary later. So, also, um, there was a, a a little article in here about FDR's Packard is back on duty after uh, test driving the 840 horsepower Dodge Challenger. Demon at the opening of the New York Auto Show in April, uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo uh, tried out a more tranquil set of wheels. Cuomo marked the opening of the uh, uh, a new bridge in New York by driving Franklin D. Roosevelt's 1932 Packard across the first span. So I wonder which was more fun to drive, the 840-horsepower Dodge Demon or the Packard? Our phone lines are open, by the way, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 is how you get through and um, give us a call about what's going on in your car life, I suppose. Also from the people at CarMD, I didn't get back to them quick enough to get them on the show, but it's uh, it's the automotive version, according to Automotive News here, for uh, one of a shoe, the horse was lost. Many drivers ignore a check engine light. But by not paying attention, uh, many end up paying more more later, which is uh, certainly sometimes a possibility. In 2016, the second most common check engine light uh, prompted repair was replacing the catalytic converter, a very hefty price. Sure, if you're driving down the road and your check engine light is flashing uh, over time, and it doesn't take much time, you could damage the catalytic converter. So driving with a flashy check, a flashing check engine light, uh, can cause that type of issue and something as simple as a spark plug. Although I say simple as a spark plug. Um, for instance, my wife's former PT Cruiser, you had to take the intake manifold off to get to the four spark plugs, which who thought that was a good idea when they were developing that engine? Even though they last much longer, it's still kind of a lot of work. Um, but CarMD, and we've had the, these folks on before, a software provider delivers vehicle health and maintenance reports, say... Um, you know, go out and replace an oxygen sensor, $250. Replace a catalytic converter. They're pretty reasonable at $1,100. Uh, these are some of the total average parts costs. Place a mass airflow sensor could be $378. So, you know, looking at spark plugs and spark plug wires, $350. So if you were going to replace spark plugs and spark plug wires, even as a fairly expensive job at $350, it's still a whole lot cheaper than $1,200 or 4000 for some catalytic converters. Catalytic converters can get pretty, pretty expensive. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030 is how you get through. And um, the car that got me around for most of the week, including, uh, including last weekend, was the Acura MDX. 
It's a luxury SUV that seats up to seven. It has a choice of two engines, a 3.5-liter V6, and the subject of our road test, a three-liter hybrid, and it's actually the MDX Hybrid Sport. Uh, On the road, this hybrid is quick, quiet, comfortable. The combination of gas engine and electric motor develops 321 horsepower. And during my road test, uh, it actually did better than the EPA numbers, uh, 28.5 miles per gallon. That's according to the trip computer, which we know can sometimes be a bit optimistic. But I think the mileage was pretty close to that. The handling is surprisingly good for an SUV, certainly not a sports sedan, but uh, more competent. I, I thought it actually handled pretty well, and I think that sport kind of designation, which sometimes is overused, uh, does actually firm up the suspension a little bit. The first two rows of seats are comfortable for adults. With the third row, well, I tried getting back there once. Mm best for kids. Uh, The controls are generally pretty good with the exception of the unconventional push-button shifter, which at least for me took a little getting used to. Here's how it worked. You got in the car, there was no shifter, no shift knob, no shift anything. But there was a little round circle that you pushed to get into drive. There was also a little switch type thing that you pulled down to put into reverse and there was another round circle you pushed to go into park. If you shut, and this was a this was a keyless start system, and if you shut it off, if you shut the power button off, it would automatically go back into park. But rather than, and maybe this is a function of age, rather than a shifter that is, you know, park reverse, neutral, drive, low, or whatever the other thing is, um, or a knob that you turn, park reverse, neutral, drive, low or second or sport or whatever that other position is. This was sort of push a button, move a, move, move a button, kind of all, it felt a little like a, a window switch type thing. Uh, that was reverse. It just, it felt awkward to me. And I'm sure after two, three, four weeks, it would make more sense. Um, but for me, it just never quite felt right. I would have actually preferred some form of a shifter. And I know it doesn't have to be mechanical anymore, but just a little bit awkward. Uh, the navigation system was um, was generally pretty good, although it took a second menu to try to put information into the navigation system. I, I was talking with Jamie Page Deaton the other day, and we both sort of said, if you have to get out the owner's manual to learn how to do something in a car, they've made it too complicated. It should be intuitive. You should be able to get into a car and especially us who drive a lot of different cars over the course of a year, we should be able to get in a car and figure out how to do something relatively easily. Um, Whether it is the navigation has set up for north up. Well, I like to drive with it going in the direction I'm driving in. So the little indicator is always going straight ahead of me rather than, you know, heading towards uh, north on a compass. Well, in some cars, and the Honda was great. The Honda, you just, or the Acura system, which is actually a Honda system, uh, was great because you just hit the little icon, the little compass icon, and it flipped it around the other way. Other times, you have to go into a menu, you have to search for it, you have to, you know, put heading up, and then it just becomes, and things shouldn't have to become that complicated. You know, back in the uh, golden olden days, the most complicated thing we ever had to do was figure out how to reset a clock in a car. 
And, you know, when they were mechanical, it was pretty easy. Then they went digital. And then it was sort of like, well, do I have to do, you know, I have to hold these two buttons and do this and make it work or I have to go into a setting. Things should be simple. It should say clock setting and you should be able to do it. But generally, I thought most of the controls were pretty easy to use, uh, easy to find, uh, very, very Honda Acura-like. You felt comfortable doing them. Uh, Cargo area is... uh, Pretty modest with all the seats folded, but becomes cavernous with, I mean, all the seats in use, but becomes pretty cavernous with the seats folded. In fact, um, I, I had to carry our luggage back from the airport from our trip, which seems like a year ago now, which was only a week ago. Uh, but the idea that uh, we got got in this and it was easier to fold the second row seats down to just make room, not that we carried a lot, but it was um, it was just easier to put stuff in it that way. Uh, a third row seat was just sort of in the way for for luggage. So having this third row folded just makes a ton of cargo room. Having the second row folded is a ridiculous amount of cargo room. Uh, I don't know what you could carry back there, but a lot of stuff. Um, you never really knew this was a hybrid either because it was um, – you drove it; it felt pretty normal. It would, it would like uh, many many cars today. It would shut off at a light, but it would shut off at a light. And with the hybrid, you never notice that kind of rough restart, which a lot of pure gasoline engines have. This worked perfectly, and it was amazing how often the gasoline engine shut off as you're driving down the highway. You look down, and the tachometer would go to zero because you were just running off the battery. Even at sixty miles an hour, you were running off the battery for bursts of time where you could actually, where you were saving gas and just using electricity. This wasn't a plug-in hybrid. It was a conventional hybrid. So uh, it would recharge the battery off the gasoline engine. So again, uh, pretty good. And if you were thinking about a hybrid in general versus a regular car and the cost wasn't a whole lot different, um, you know, go that way. And and actually, if, you know, when, when the days come, a, a plug-in hybrid... You know, a lot of times it's pretty close price-wise, and with rebates and things, you can actually get uh, pretty good. Um, so the bottom line on this car, they may they may be more expensive mid-size luxury SUVs, but in my opinion, the Acura MDX is certainly one of the best. And for people who are looking for a very specific type of SUV, for me, the MDX may be a little bit too big. I don't need a third row of seats. I don't need that extra little length in a car. Uh, but for somebody who needs it, pretty good vehicle for them. Prices tested. This is all in, everything in it. And again, heated everything, cooled everything, you know, every option you could want that I could think of, backup cameras and all kinds of camera systems. Again, anything you want in the car. Uh, 58,975, fuel economy, 26 city, 27 highway. I did better than that um, in what amounted to probably 70% highway, 30% city. Um, the engine was a 3-liter V6. Again, it was a 3-liter V6 hybrid. Makes ridiculous horsepower, 321 horsepower. Uh, just just a good vehicle. Again, if you're looking for a good, solid luxury SUV, yes, you can spend more money. I don't know that you can get a better luxury SUV. Uh, I think they did a really nice job with this. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Phil. Hey, Phil, good morning. Good morning, Kyle, Doctor. Yeah, I've got a couple of issues. Only a couple? I have all kinds of issues. <laughs> well, a couple at the moment. <laughs> all right. 
cost me anything. The uh, a turn signal in my car, uh, I got the failure. It said bulb failure, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so I said, oh, boy, I have to get a bulb here. But uh, then it came back. So now it's been intermittent. But I did go and get a new bulb mm-hmm. just to resolve that issue in case it's... But it's now with the new bulb in there, all of a sudden I'm getting an intermittent failure as well. Hmm. What kind Is of... Co- probably what? wiring? Yeah, it's not... Or, or just a, a poor, rusty connection somewhere. What kind of car is it? Well, it's a, it's an old Volvo. It's a 2001 uh, S60. Okay. Now, the thing is, I did have an accident recently in that side, in the rear. Yeah. It's the, it's the driver's side mm-hmm. rear. That and it was repaired, and, you know, everything came out fine in the repair. But it was a very hard hit. So I'm wondering if it, it could be the wire. Yeah, it, it very well could be. There could be a wire that's crushed back there somewhere that yeah. sometimes works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, that that actually makes a whole lot of sense to look at it yeah. that way. So I would kind of want to go back. And the first thing I would do was try to find the wiring harness that goes back to back to the bulb that seems to be the problem. Is it, You said it's a rear, a rear bulb? Yes, I've yeah. already replaced the bulb. Yeah. But I would. Uh, everything yeah. looks okay. But. Yeah, but I would. I would go back to. I would go back and look at where the, um, where the where the bulb sits and look at the wiring that goes up to the bulb wherever it's tucked away in there somewhere. And yeah. then once you see that, then you're going to be able to say, "Oh, wait a second. There's this wiring harness is crimped. It's folded. It's you know, it's something yeah. or the way that sits. That's kind of a weirdly grounded assembly back there." Um, yeah where the the whole little uh, mechanism pulls out. So I would right. I would I would you know that's where I would start cuz I bet there's just a I bet there's a connection back there and it could have um you know it could have body shop dust in, stuck in it that just needs to be all cleaned up and, yeah. and looked at. Yeah. See the damage wasn't specifically in that mm-hmm. you know it was the lower bumper yep. area so there's no damage to the tail light yep. or anything. Yeah. But and, anyways. But uh, and as I as I remember that that has uh, the Volvo has like uh, some catches on the back of that. Uh, yes. Yeah, and you take the whole thing out, and it, it looks like. And the like, bulbs are yeah, all there. They're yeah, it looks like a bulbs. yeah, it looks like a little printed circuit board that the bulbs all yeah, sit in. Yeah. Exactly. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that all those connections where everything sits back in there is all nice and clean and and dry and and that very well could solve the problem. Okay. Now uh, the second item is uh, we've, got, we've got this. Uh, Volvo XC60 is the 2013. We've got the, the tires that came with it, the Michelin tires, Michelin, the, mm-hmm. the Tour HPs. And they got 45, 46,000 on them now. But there seems to be a fair amount of road noise with the tires mm-hmm. at this point in time. Now, and the tires look great, but is that common that you start to get road noises? Tires get old. Yeah, absolutely. Because what happens is, depending on how vigilant you were in rotating the tires, yeah. Like for me, almost never. Um, what happens is the tires will get a little bit of um, wear. And I bet if you took a if you took a piece of chalk and you just you know say it was a stick of chalk and you laid it on the tire across the tread and just sort of you know, ran the length of the tread with the chalk, you would notice that there was highs and lows in the tread. Even though they look good, you yeah. would see you would see that it's not perfectly flat, 
but yet there's going to be a little, little, you know, sixteenth of an inch indentations on all the little blocks of tread, and that happens from normal wear and tear, and you know how it sits on the car, and you know maybe if you rotated the tires every six thousand miles, you you wouldn't have gotten that. You still might, and all wheel and all wheel drive vehicles tend to be a little bit harder on tires, even though that's not a permanent all wheel drive. It still goes in and out of all wheel drive. So. Um, so not that unusual, and especially, you know, the tires are four years old. You said they had, what, 40-some-odd thousand on them? Yeah, 40. Yeah, you know, you're, you're on the, you're on the uh, you know, certainly the back nine of the tire life, you know? Right, the lifetime is yeah. like yeah. a 55,000-mile Yeah, 55, 60,000-mile tire. So, you know, at this point, if the tread looks good, the tires don't show any signs of dry rot or cracking or lines in them, which they shouldn't at this age yet. You know, I... Depending on what you want to do, you could certainly put up with the noise for another couple of years, or you could, right. you know, go out and buy, you know, spend, nine, you know, eight hundred dollars and buy a new set of tires. Right now, they have another tire, uh, the Premier LTX, that they just came out with a year or so mm-hmm. ago. It's supposed to be pretty good. I wonder if that would be a quieter tire. But... It, yeah, it's a that's a tire that's more designed for, you know, it's a luxury all season tire. It's supposed to be a little quieter, a little smoother. Um, you know, they're all, they all sound great when you first put them on. I remember years yeah. ago, years ago, I had, I, when I first went to work at AAA, that's how many years ago it was. I had a, I had a brand new car and when it got around 30 or 40,000 miles on it, I replaced the tires in the car and put new ones on. And I literally thought something was wrong with the car because it was so quiet. You know, it was like, it was like, I, because you, you, it's sort of, you know, I guess, you know, somebody will tell you it's like living with the dog. You don't know, you don't notice the dog smell until you don't, you know, and, and it's the same, you know, it's the same thing with the same thing with your tires. They get noisy gradually over time. And then all of a sudden you get, you know, and when all of a sudden they're nice and smooth and quiet again, you're like, wow, this car sounds like it's brand new. And that's why some of the, um, Car dealers who sell these certified pre-owned vehicles, what they'll do, one of the first things they'll do to a car that's got 20,000 miles on it, they'll put a set of four tires on it because that's what really makes a car feel new again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Take care, Phil. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We have a line open if you want to get through. If you're calling in, stay right there. We will be with you in a minute. We will do some sort of trivia today. Um, I haven't figured out what it is. It should be an accurate trivia question because that would follow our logic of what we're going to do. I haven't I haven't figured it out yet. Um, the other thing is uh, next, I think it's next week, we're going to be talking to the people from Machanic, Machanic. Sounds like mechanic only. It looks like it's spelled wrong. And spell check respells it for me every time I try to do it. Um, the... Uh, but they sent me um, two tool dollies, which back in, now you have to be old like me to do this. Back in the olden days, when you were working on a car, you would take the hubcaps off and you would put the lug nuts in it or the wheel bearings in it or something else. In it. You use the hubcap, you use the hubcap to hold the stuff that you were taking off the car. That was pretty common with. Just about any kind of service work you would do into a car. They got a little bit smarter. What they did was they came up with this little three-wheel, four-wheel dolly thing 
that has a place where you can put your tools and your parts. And it's imagine a, a instead of a creeper that you lay around on top of the slide under a car. This is this is about that size. It's about that height, but it's only I don't know twenty inches square. And so you can put all your stuff in it and roll around. So if and if you are working on jack stands under a car, and it never fails that whatever your the wrench you're looking for is always just too far away, you put it in the little tool dolly and you can and you can wheel it to yourself. Also, they have a set of smart jumper cables which um, you can't hook up backwards, and um, they have a uh, they have a couple of cool little flashlights that. Uh, um, so we have a, a bunch of stuff we're going to be giving away. Um, also, they gave me a, a floor jack that I can't figure out how to give it away because the thing weighs a million pounds. So it doesn't weigh a million pounds, but it is, it, it's pretty heavy. So I can't mail that. So well, I'm going to figure out what to do with that one. But, but it's, um, they, the last time they were on, they gave us, um, they gave us a pair of smart jumper cables, a couple of rechargeable flashlights and a cordless impact gun, which was not, which was not a big success. Um, in fact, they decided not to sell that product anymore. And I think I was one of the first users of it. Mm, maybe not. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Let's go to Art. Arthur? Hello, John. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. i got a couple of questions for you about Honda transmission fluid. Okay. But before I ask, um, I want to make a comment about the uh, the fellow with the, um, the Volvo S60. Okay. And the, Accident damage. We had a Volvo 740, which is, of course, a little older, and it got sideswiped and went to the shop. And when it came back, it looked pretty good. But shortly after that, the left rear wheel fell off. And after we you know, got the studs replaced in the, uh, in the hub, because they were all stripped out from the wheel wobbling, the speaker's buzzing in the back, and they take the door panel off, and they had connected the courtesy light in the door to the speaker wires, to, wow. to the loudspeaker, rather. So... That fellow definitely ought to pull the pull the back apart as much as he can and check the wiring and see if everything all messed up. I guess, yeah. Um, not that, that not that that's exclusive to Volvo's. It just happened to ring a bell for me because we no, had and, and, and I'm I'm more concerned about oh, you got the car back and it looked pretty good until the wheel fell off. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, it, it didn't didn't totally fall off, but it it, it fell off enough that you know the car was going down the road in, in kind of a. An, not straight fashion, and uh, the wheel was wobbling. And yeah, luckily didn't do any damage to the fender. I, 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 I guess so. So, um, and you know, all the studs were screwed up. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I, I worked with a guy who he was, uh, he he was he was older than me, but I think if we went back in time now, I'm probably older than he was then. Uh, but he had worked in the uh, repair industry for 25 years. And when he was working with me one day, he got a little bit rattled about something, and he uh, he left a customer's wheel loose, and and it fortunately didn't do any damage. It just um, it, it it we actually put a wheel and new studs on it just to make the customer happy, even though it did probably really didn't need it. But he came back and he said to me, "I think I need to stop working." And I said, "Why?" And he said, "This I've worked in this industry for." 40 years and have never done this before and he said this is this is a sign that there's something wrong and i said no it's just a sign you got busy it's just you know it's something you know something that can happen but yeah i mean now especially where um 
where wheels where wheels and rotors and things are so sensitive and the other thing yeah, yeah. yeah and the other thing that happens is there's so much rust that builds up in uh in in wheels uh and where they mount it'll to, even to it'll the even hub. transfer from yeah. the hub to the back of an yeah. aluminum wheel yeah so i you know what i've been seeing um like the the folks over at Sullivan Tire, they actually have this kind of wire brush arrangement that um, goes on the uh, on the end of a uh, drill. So they actually put it right over the stud and like knock all the rust off of the mating surface, and then they you know clean all the wheels up to you know see how they're yeah, going. Yeah, you know, yeah. you got to be careful with stuff like that. Though I've seen clowns work in a town fair tire, and the local Getty station, and uh, they go to they go to some. Crazy lengths with those wire brushes, yeah. and cleaning out the the bead the bead seating surface. Right. And they, they, you can just see the aluminum flying everywhere. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. It's you, you have to, again, they, light, they lighten up the wheel by a couple ounces. Yeah, at least. again, it's a it's a it's a matter of balance. Uh, my my own my own ten uh, year old car. I was under it a couple of weeks ago, um, changing uh, changing the oil, and uh, I I I looked at the spare and and. <laughs> kind of banged on it to see how the air was in it and there wasn't any and it was and it's a and it's not an alloy wheel but it had been sitting sitting there for so long and the last time i probably checked it was a year ago and um and it it just there was enough rust that formed between the the spare tire and the bead on the uh on the um rim that it just it just wouldn't it wouldn't seal anymore so uh so, yeah, know. I don't know which is worse, rusty rims or corroded aluminum rims. Yeah, I mean, at least at least rusty rims, I feel like I can fix them. Corroded aluminum, I haven't, you know, there, there's only so much you can do with that these days. So. Yeah, I'm never going to forget the, the image of that aluminum just flying off. Oh, yeah, it's off. flying it off, like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It was just flying across the, the, the garage. Yeah. All um, right, back here. here hun- yeah, go ahead. I, I, do, I do have a question about um, transmission fluid. Yep. Um, we've got a 99 Odyssey and an 05 Accord. Mm-hmm. And Honda recommends the, I forget the, the newest designation, the, the DTZ or whatever it is. Yeah, something ATF, like that. ZTF, I think. The, the special, special Honda yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. And at AutoZone, they sell, or you know, anywhere, they sell the, the gallon bottles of, or five-quart bottles of uh, the Valvoline equivalent. And they say, this is the same as this. But people sometimes say to me, you know, you know just don't waste your money on that. You know, it's, it's best insurance to get the honda stuff what do you think yeah i kind of go the, yeah, the the valvoline is a synthetic equivalent it's supposed to be okay but i gotta tell you um i you know it used to you know you know back because there's a huge yeah, huge price difference yeah i know there is and um you know back once upon a time there was you know there was sort of you know, GM dextron and ford red and you know those worked in everything in fact yep. a lot of good transmission shops would just use the Ford fluid and everything because it had a little bit it had a little bit better uh, ability to resist heat um, today the fluid really can make an impact in shift quality and transmission life and although you know Hondas don't have the best reputation for transmissions no I, I yeah I think the Odyssey's I, on its Odyssey's on its third and yeah, its last yeah I think I would want to even though it's expensive I, if it needs to be changed, I, I don't know. I have I have real mixed feelings. I, I've I've always been sort of you know if it says it's equivalent, it's equivalent. But um, you know Honda, Hyundai, some others they have very specific fluid. And if you, um, I I don't know if even Honda. Um, you said what year was the Odyssey? Uninety uh, nine. Let's let's see what I'm just first generation after they switched over from Isuzu. 
It's fun. It's funny. The older Zuzu ones were. Uh, the the taxi companies in New York were keeping them going forever because I would the, I would like to get my hands on one of those. Yeah, it was uh, nice nice size. It was a nice size, and yep. uh, the original rules for the um, taxi business was they couldn't have sliding doors. So the Isuzu ones. You don't, ones you don't hear too much bad about Isuzu vehicles, although you don't see too many either. Yeah, well, you know they're. You know they they uh, they never really they never really kept up the way they were supposed to and um, you know as things changed but you're right that that vehicle was was uh, a pretty trouble free vehicle because it it didn't it wasn't really a it wasn't really a fancy vehicle so I just wanted to look up and see what Honda really says if they if they actually even use the word equivalent anywhere um, no I think I think they don't I think they specify that you use their fluid. yeah and if that's the case even though you know the engineers from Valvoline will tell you that you know in fact it is you know it is equivalent I don't know it, it's um, well both both vehicles are shipped in just fine yep. and we've got 160 on the um, uh, Odyssey and it's the transmission's been in there for almost a hundred thousand. Mm. So it went through a bunch of transmissions early on. Yeah, it, it yeah. All it says is uh, uh, Z1 has re- been replaced by ATF DW-1 Honda Service News uh, 2020. Using non-Honda ATF can affect shift quality. It doesn't say it's going to affect shift. You know, it doesn't say it's going to affect transmission uh, longevity. I probably will. I probably will go with the Honda stuff just because I don't want to have to go through twice as much to flush out all the Honda stuff. Yeah, and you know that's part of it. And the and the other the other part of it is if you put something else in and you go, you know what, it just shifts different. What are you going to end up doing? You're going to end up draining. Hey, last, the, last dra- quick question. Yep. Because I, I know you probably get other callers. Um, would you do this yourself in the driveway? And I'm I'm really good with the DIY. I mean, like up to cylinder heads and, and wheel bearings and you know clutches and stuff. But I've never had a, a transmission pan off, you know, to do the filter. I just wonder if I can get it all out adequately, or if I just make more common sense to take it to a local guy and have him hook up his machine and flush it out. Well, if he hooks up the machine and flushes out, you're going to get all the fluid out, and you're going to get all the fluid back in. If you just if you just do the, you know, if you just do the the transmission drain, you're only going to get you're not going to get a lot out. You're only going to get you know maybe you know maybe three quarts of fluid out. So you're not going to get. What do- I, I saw something on YouTube where you crack the uh, the oil cooler line and you put it in a container, and it was kind of an involved process, but it did show how we got it all out. Yeah, I'm not. I got to tell you, I'm not. I'm not wild about that because essentially what you're doing is you're running the the transmission low on fluid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which um, I've I've known people that have done that before. It's just I don't think that's I don't think that's a good way to do it. I I would rather. I, I would rather, you know, sit with the idea that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll change, I'll change what I can change, and kind of, kind of go from there. But the, the idea, I'm, I'm inclined to defer to the guy who has the machine, but I like to have my hands on and be able to see what's exactly happening. Well, and the other thing is, you, the guy that has the machine, you want to make sure he puts Honda fluid back in versus yeah, some, there's the other thing, something right. else. So. I, you know, you know, where you're comfortable enough working around the car, you know, doing something, and uh, and I'm guessing this pan doesn't have just a drain plug at the bottom of it, right? I don't believe so. I, frankly, I've not looked. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of a lot of Honda vehicles do have just a drain plug. So, huh. yeah, interesting. Yeah, so it might be worth just rolling under there to take a look. But All I right, would, well, I was just wondering if you, if you had any 
yeah. strong thoughts one way or the other on the fluid. Yeah, I would I would use the Honda fluid, and, and if you know if you're only doing if, if you're only doing part of it, and you're just doing a you know a, a, what amounts to sort of a a half a fluid change, uh, I'm okay with that. You know, you're you're kind of renewing the fluid. And what goes wrong with fluid is, uh, you know, it's the additive packages that's in the fluid that is actually sort of more of the problem. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I think I would I would just change the fluid and just kind of go from there. And I and again, I think, um, you know, getting doing it and you know. Doing some of it probably isn't a bad idea at this age, but on the other hand, if the fluid, if the fluid looks good, I don't know. Maybe, maybe just leave it there too. If the fluid, the fluid looks good, it looks clean, but uh, you know, short, short of that, um, you know, kind of go. Kind yeah, of go I'm, I'm tempted to let the sleeping dog lie, but I also know that you know, a little ounce of prevention is sometimes worth a lot of cure. Well, there, you know, we were talking about that earlier, and there apparently is a drain plug. So. Um, on, on the on the Odyssey or yeah, the affordable on, on the Odyssey. Oh, okay. I'll yeah. go have a look. Yeah. So a little bit easier. Right, well, here's you. here's some parting advice for everybody that has a mom. Why don't you open up the trunk today and pull out the spare and put some air in it? Because I guarantee you, nine out of ten of those spares on the road are flat. Yeah. Where were you last week with that advice? With my tire, with, <laughs> with my flat tire, my flat spare tire. <laughs> I missed that. Did you talk about that earlier? Yeah, yeah. Actually, we did. Yeah, actually, yeah. Doing doing the uh, doing the uh, fluid change. It's only it's only three quarts of fluid. So only three qu- yeah. only three come out when you drain it. Yeah. yeah, and there's probably something like ten in there total. Uh, right? There is uh, seven and a half. Uh, and that's if, in the that yeah. So the rest of it's in the torque converter and you know the rest of the body of transmission. So seven. If you had a completely empty transmission that was you know out of the box, you would you you would put it in and put seven and a half in. If you're just doing a change, it's uh, it's uh, just under. Yeah, three, the YouTube two. the YouTube video gave a complete tutorial on it. It's been a while since I watched it. It looked at how much fluid and how to mm. do it. Yeah, and and all over the place, Honda is saying you know use use Honda ATF, but there is a yeah there is a there is a the Honda stuff is like it's like eight or nine dollars a yeah, quart. Yeah, but if you're just buying three quarts, you know, uh, but there is but there is a there is a drain plug in a gasket, so it makes it a little easier and not as messy. Okay, well I appreciate your okay. time and happy mother happy Mother's Day to all the moms. All right, take care now. Bye bye. Thanks, John. Yep. Why don't we take a quick break? Pay some bills. If you're on hold, like Rick, stay right there. And others, stay right there. Our phone number is 617-770-3030. We'll be right back.
Sullivan Tire and Auto Service celebrates this Red Sox season with a home run of a tire sale. Hit a home run and save big on all Goodyear tires with instant rebates and mail-in rebates. Buy three Yokohama tires, get the fourth tire free. Buy one and get the second at 50% off. On a tight budget, Sullivan Tire has tires starting as low as $49. We've knocked it out of the park with this sale. Come in today and get ready for those weekend road trips, and we will not be beat on price or service. Did you know that more than 90% of the unchurched say they would come to church if they were invited? Join Salem Media Group's Senior Vice President of Ministries, Pastor Ron Walters, for a free seminar and luncheon to move your ministry beyond your church walls onto one of our many exciting platforms. Tuesday, May 23rd from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Salem Media Group Boston's Marina Bay Studios. RSVP today at am590theword.com, wrlradio.com, am1260thebuzz.com, or radioloseboston.com. Celebrate Freedom, the largest one-day Christian music festival in the country. And we could be sending you and three of your family members for free. June 23rd and 24th, complete with round-trip airfare to Dallas, Texas, hotel accommodations, and four VIP passes in front of the stage. Plus a chance to meet one of your favorite artists, win autographed merchandise, and more. To enter, click on the banner at 590amtheword.com or wrolradio.com. You can enter once per day through May 31st. Celebrate Freedom, safe for the whole family. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to The Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. Let's go see what Rick has on his mind. Rick. Hey there. Uh, hey there. Well, thank you for talking with my grandson last week. And yeah. He got, a, he got a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was so, fun. That was fun. Any anytime, anytime we can get someone under the age of, I don't know, pick a pick a number to listen to AM radio, that's good. <laughs> yeah, man, off the computers. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, now, um, the, one of the questions that, you know, what, what I was going to, he asked, but I want to expand on is, um, you know, safety of seats, like, you know, in a minivan where you got three rows of seats, mm-hmm. where's, the, where's the safest place to sit in them, you know, at cars and stuff like that? Just, you know, um, in that. Like, the, sa- the, have- the safest place is always going to be in the middle of the car in, you know, just pick a spot in the middle of the car. So if it's a three-row van, it's the middle row seat in the middle of that seat. Um, uh-huh. That's always going to be the safest. And technically on on a two-row vehicle like uh, my old hyundai santa fe the middle of the rear seat is the safest the um behind the driver is the second safest the third is behind the passenger that's statistically personally i disagree a little with that i think actually the rear passenger seat is a little safer because of a couple of weird reasons. Um, if you have a kid in a car seat back there or just a kid in general back there, they're always getting out on the passenger side of the vehicle, so they're always getting out on the curb side, not getting out into traffic. The second, yeah. th- the second thing is, like most parents and caregivers, occasionally they glance back and see where the kid is. So it's easier to look a quick 
uh, head check to the right to look back in the back seat to see what the kid's up to versus trying to see what they're doing behind you. So, uh, but statistically, the center, you know, because you're away from the crash. So if you're in the middle, in the, in the middle of the car, in the middle of the seat, you're going to be a little bit safer. But the important part is you're in a car seat. So even if it's a, if it's a eight year old there, you know, they may still want to be in a booster seat. Um, yeah. Because um, the sort of general rule is the safest way to transport a kid is rear-facing, which is why we want to see kids rear-facing up until two. And then then we want to see them in a forward-facing seat with a harness. Then we want to see them in a booster seat, maybe a high-back booster seat that might have a harness. Then we want to see them in a booster seat that uses a seatbelt. And then, so that's like the stages of less safe, less safe, less safe. And then when they get... You know, if they're just sitting in the back seat with just a seatbelt, they're a little less safe. When they're sitting in the front passenger seat, they're a little less safe. And then when they're driving, all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the, you know, kind of the general rule of, you know, where kids should be and, you know, what the progression of safety. So um, the longer they can stay in the proper car seat, the better, the safer they're always going to be. Okay, good. And that, then, you know, um, last Sunday uh, I was jumping uh, somebody at church. And my wife took a look took a look at my uh, jumper cables, and they're probably as old as you are. So, <laughs> hit, hit, hit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's it's kind of funny. I was looking in my own car the other day, and I actually have two pairs of jumper cables and a jump pack. So I'm like, I, I think I'm I think I I think a little I'm a little too much stuff. But it's funny they don't. I, I was at a business the other day giving a talk, yesterday giving a talk, and the um, the the whoever their safety guy is, everybody who attended got this little car care kit, and it was a pretty nice kit. It actually had a pair of jumper cables, gloves, a, a, a vest, um, a rain poncho, a blanket, and a toe strap. And the jumper cables were actually pretty decent gauge size. I think they were four or six gauge, so they're pretty decent gauge size, but they were short. They're a little on the short side, so, uh, you know, you couldn't, you know, if you if you were pulled into a parking spot, you wouldn't be able to jumpstart the car. I, I think I around my house, I think I have three sets of jumper cables, and i got to tell you, the oldest pair that I have is probably the best pair that I have because— you know, to you know, kind of use the expression, they don't make them that way anymore. Um, yeah. You know, these things are, you know, the old ones are, first off, they're long as can be. They're heavy gauge. They have great clamps at the end of them. But you never know, Rick. You might, you, you, you might just be able to win yourself a pair of jumper cables. <laughs> well, Dad, yes or no, still enjoy talking with you. <laughs> all, right, all right. All right. Have a good one. All Bye. right. You too, Rick. Bye-bye. All right, why don't we go over to, I think, David. David? Oh, Michael. Michael. Hi, hello. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Uh, I have a question. Um, I have a brand-new 2017 Dodge Ram Crew Cab. Okay. Uh, v- V6 with the HP transmission. Yep. And lately, it's only five months old now, but um, it's been shifting hard up and down the first three gears. Mm-hmm. And I, I can feel it once I, I start driving. It goes away as I, you know, the car warms up and all that. So I take it into the shop, the, the dealer. They, there's no codes. They check the fluids. Nothing's wrong. And so they come back and tell me there's a heater in there in the transmission that it has to heat up that transmission 
so that will go away. Um, and they said that's a normal part of the eight-speed transmission. I find that hard to believe that a brand-new vehicle, would that would be a, a function that comes right out of the factory. That's a, it could be hard-shifting in the first, you know, up and down the first few gears before it warms up. So if you've got any, any, any recourse that I could have to, uh, you know, investigate this a little bit further to figure out if that's, if they just give me the runaround and give me the whatever answer they're giving me, or is it something else I can investigate? Well, you don't expect these things to last forever, do you? It's, it's like six, seven months old now. It's all worn out. <laughs> well, yeah, I paid a lot of money for this vehicle, and I, I want something that shifts smoothly without having to. i got to drive it until it's like, you know, a, a, a quarter of the way warmed up yeah. before the, the shifting actually smooths out, you know, and kind of warms up. I got to tell you, I think it's a normal characteristic of it. I seem to okay. remember the last one that I drove um, kind of did the same thing. And but yeah. what I would do just to verify it, what I would do is I would I would go to the dealer and say, look, I I, I just don't like I'm not comfortable with the way it feels. Here's what I want to do. I want to go take another one for a ride. And if the other yeah. one and if the other one from dead cold performs just like yours, there's probably not much they can do about it. I think more of what it is, I think they run the RPM up a little bit higher when it's cold, not to warm the transmission up so much. I think it's actually warm the catalytic converter up to lower, the, get the emissions really low, really fast. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, there, so there's, there's no heater in the transmission. Not, not that I'm aware of. No, I that's what they told me. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen. I, I haven't seen the new eight-speed transmission apart. But that to yeah. me, that to me doesn't sound. I don't know why you would try to heat up transmission fluid. That doesn't. That doesn't make a yeah. lot of sense to me. But I think yeah, it's. It, I think it's more that there's a. They try to heat the fluid. I think they try to heat the whole car, the whole truck, quicker. And by right. by how they do that is they they hold first, second, and third gear a little bit longer, and by default it just shifts a little bit harder. Um, the last the last uh, Dodge truck that I drove had about six or seven thousand miles on it, and I seem to recall it shifting a little bit firmer than I thought it should. Uh, right. But not that anything was wrong. It just was it was like oh, and and it also. And I think it's a function of the you know so many gears. It would occasionally have a weird downshift. Yeah, yeah. That all of a sudden you'd be pulling you know pulling up to a stop, and it would sort of almost stumble in between trying to figure out its shift coming back down, especially when it was just between that kind of hot and cold cycle. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm experiencing. Yeah. It goes up the first like three gears. I can yep. feel it, then yep. I don't. But then when I'm if I'm coming down to a stop. I can feel that kind of downshifting. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's an. I think you're going to find it's a normal, maybe not desirable characteristic, but I think it's a normal characteristic. But what I would do just to rule it out, I'd go to you know go back to the go back to the Chrysler dealer. Say I want to take a I want to take at least one more truck for a ride to see if it shifts the same way mine does. Now, right. if it does, it's a characteristic, not a desirable characteristic, but a characteristic. If it shifts differently than yours well then yours might have a problem but where the window is they might say they might say or the or the rep from uh, ram might say we consider that an acceptable 
uh, situation within that transmission. Uh, but I would want to know if it's different than anybody else's, if it's right. different than someone else's. And it may be, in fact, a software change somewhere down the road that they're going to reprogram the transmission computer that it shifts a little bit differently right. as it warms up. Um, so that's I, my question. Is something, if that is shifting, is that going to cause excessive wear or something on, you know, the universal joints or something else in in that whole system? Or? No, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to do anything. I think it's just more of a. I think it's just more the way it feels. Okay. Okay. Right, great. So I'm going to try that. What you suggested. Yep. Thank you. And have a great day. You as well. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Why don't we take another quick break? If you're on hold, stay right there. Uh, we'll just get our brakes all lined up and taken care of, and then we'll come back and we'll talk to all the folks that are there, David and Robert. and Robert. We'll be right back. Mustang Sally. Sullivan Tire and Auto Service celebrates this Red Sox season with a home run of a tire sale. Hit a home run and save big on all Goodyear tires with instant rebates and mail-in rebates. Buy three Yokohama tires, get the fourth tire free. Buy one and get the second at 50% off. On a tight budget, Sullivan Tire has tires starting as low as $49. We've knocked it out of the park with this sale. Come in today and get ready for those weekend road trips, and we will not be beat on price or service. The more our family grew, the smaller our old car got. So we upgraded to a Honda Odyssey. It's from Kelly Blue Book's 2016 Best Value brand and comes with standard features like Bluetooth, so my wife can remind me of all the things I've forgotten to bring home. Ah, the diapers. Go to www.hondacarsofboston.com or 100 Broadway, Route 99 in Everett, Mass. Call 617-276-1179. Based on 2016 Brand Image Awards from Kelly Blue Book, visit kbb.com for information. See dealer for financing details. Don't you just hate the hassle of car buying? Make it easy by finding your financing first. Hi, I'm Kevin Chapman. As a member of the City of Boston Credit Union for over two decades, I know that they always put their members first with some of the most competitive car rates around. You can figure out what you want to spend before you even go shopping. Come visit the City of Boston Credit Union at cityofbostoncu.com and apply today. Or call 617-635-4545. City of Boston Credit Union. Uniquely Boston. Equal Opportunity Lender. WROL Boston. You're listening to The Car Doctor. I'm going to buy me a Mercury, except... You can't anymore. But other than that, uh, oh wait, I'll buy a Pontiac. Oh, I can't get one of those either. Maybe an old one. No, can't get one of those. Saturn. No. Huh. Maybe a Dodge. Oh no, can't get that one either. Huh. Okay. Let's talk to David. David. 
Yeah, when you start throwing those names out, they have two of them. <laughs> 61 Starfire, beautiful car. They made cars in those days, and a 71 GTO convertible. Oh, okay. With a, big, with a nice engine. With the nice, I, was going to say, I was going to say with the nice engine, because... Uh, uh, there, there were some that weren't so nice, but yeah. The, but the, well, the the Starfire. What was the other popular model right around with the Starfire? There was didn't they have a couple of designations of that? No. So it was all in 1961. That was the first. It looked was, like the rocket ship with uh, the tail yep, fins, and, yep. uh, the way it was made, and everything. And they were all convertibles. They all had the 394 engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Pontiac later on had the uh, 455. Yeah. High output. A uh, couple of quick things for you. The fellow was, I think it was the Honda doing the draining on yep. the uh, mm-hmm. transmission. Uh, you can calculate it out, but I think if at three, if most of them are around uh, nine to ten quarts. Most, trans, you know, my yep. Toyota Camry, yep. I've done it on several times. Mm-hmm. Drain it several times. You drain yep. it, I think it's four times, and you'll get up to 98% change. Right. right. And it saves you this. You're only paying the cost of the. Uh, uh, the fluid that you want, and use the whatever the manufacturer. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the problem, the problem with, and it, and it's, uh, it's a couple of them. It's Honda is one of them. The fluid is just ridiculously expensive. Uh, oh, I know that. Yeah. You'd go yeah. in for a. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love the uh, antifreeze. It's the same guy, yeah. uh, stuff. I just yeah. we got to watch the language. And, and, and some of the, and some of those, and you know, I have seen some. Uh, using using the non, especially Chrysler products, not using the Chrysler Gold fluid and using just conventional green transmission fluid. All of a sudden, yeah. it starts to have you know seals start to fail quicker, and you know they they put something in to keep all the seals lubricated and swelled up for some reason. So yeah, yeah just, well, you all the trick on that essentially, no matter where this, if they were you know the rubber seals, yeah. you use um, antifreeze ethylene, ethylene uh, glycol. We used to do that on the old, back in the 40s yep. and everything, the uh, power tops, you know, the mm-hmm. hydraulic fluid, yep. and do the same thing. Yet another thing, uh, i got one question for you. You ever see this thing recently, this TV crew, as far as the keyless entry? They could go to any car on a parking lot, open it up, start it up, and drive away. Have you seen that? Well, I've done it. <laughs> um, and it wasn't, and it wasn't me. It was somebody smarter than me because I'm not smart yeah. enough to do it. What happened? There's a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of movie magic that happens in there. But what happens is, if your car has a proximity key, so the keyless entry, ah, uh, right, yes, okay, that that key recognizes your car. So as you walk up to the car, what typically will happen is the the courtesy lights come on. So then you get in the car and, you know, you're within three feet of the ignition button and you can push the button and start the car. Sure. So, so what do they do? They actually build a repeater that, that amplifies, the amplifies the signal from the key. Uh-huh. So, in other words, it doesn't do anything to the car. It yep. just amplifies the signal from the key. So uh-huh. it finds the key signal, amplifies that you know, a thousand times, and yep. now all of a sudden, and sort of the, sort of the, the you, you always see them carrying a backpack with them or something. Because that's correct. That's, that, yeah, that's where, the, that's where the transmitter thing is. And uh, a friend of mine made it for about $14 from used parts from an electronics store. Uh, but again, he's an electronic engineer, so he can be. Yeah, he, he knows be, what he's doing. Yeah, he knows what he's doing, and, and, and I yeah. don't. Um, yeah. But I, I, and he, uh, sure enough, he um, 
He built this thing. He walked up. Uh, the uh, key to the car was about 50 feet away in a, in a locked garage. The car was outside. He walked up to the car, um, got in it, and drove it away. Because, yeah, yeah because, I, I was amazed. This yeah. guy did it in a public parking lot somewhere. Yeah. And they have like a digital thing that I guess it uh, goes through a bunch of codes yeah. pretty, yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. So, and they do the same doggone thing. Yeah. The, and, it, and it's not even really that. It's not even that complicated. It's just basically a repeater that, you know, those keyless signals kind of run in a certain, you know, certain uh, frequency, I guess. So they just, they're able to find that frequency and get it to work. And the, get it, yeah. yeah the, first, it, yep. the, the first one he built wasn't battery operated, and the second one was. And again, yeah. he built it, he built it for, you know, 20 bucks from a bunch of used junk from a store and he you know, oh i know yeah. i see him picking yeah. up at the dump sometimes yeah. the old electronics yeah, yeah. and well. he and he and he got it he got it to work and and since then now the car manufacturers have said you know and who you know and again it's somebody just kind of thinking it through somebody said well we're going to make this so you, you know somebody with the key fob can't walk up to the car and just get it to get in so what they did is they said well instead of doing something to the car let's do something to the fob and that's exactly what they did they amplified the fob signal yeah. 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 So don't go anyway. Do, don't go doing that this afternoon. <laughs> Hardly. No. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to say on the fluid deal, it's about three to four changes, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Because for the on, average yeah. three quart drain. You yeah. Know? On his on his it's uh, it's three quarts on a refill, and it's I think it was I think nine. I said nine. So it it's seven, about eight. four times. Yeah. Yeah. Four to five yeah. in that range. If you yeah. calculate it out and see yeah. how much each time is coming yeah. out, yeah. it works. But but on the other hand, if it's shifting good, the fluid looks great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's a '99. Yeah, well, uh, hey, listen, yeah. I got a bunch of '90 in the mid '90s Toyota Camry wagons, the best car I've ever owned. Oh yeah, yeah, best best car. I wanted to get another one the other day, but somebody got their Ferris down in uh, Connecticut. You know, the uh, and they they all uh, two of them are two hundred and forty eight, yep. two hundred and fifty thousand, yep. and. You know, best car. I mean, yep. nothing goes wrong. Yeah, so minor things here and there. Yeah. You know, in the well, usual. They have to eventually. They, something has to wear out. But you're right. Yeah. Well, yeah. you got your normal, yeah. your yeah. tires, yep. uh, brakes, uh, occasionally a uh, underneath there the um, your uh, uh, brake lines and fuel oh, lines. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah and those are all been, but but you put something decent into them. You put the uh, that specialized what is it a copper uh, one and yep. all that. The best line that they did. Yep. Volvo used to yep. use them. I wonder if they still do, but they don't. Nope. No. They, I, yeah. I'm not. I'm Nicor. Not, it was yeah. Called yeah. I'm not sure they do. Hey, we got to get going. We're, yep. We Take we care. have we have we got to get the Irishman in there. We do. He's sitting right here. He's... <laughs> okay. All Take right. Care. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Yep. We have. I'm. I apologize. We have plum run out of time. So, um, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Callers happen. Mr. Sullivan. Good morning. Could tell you're in Florida. You're talking like plum out of plum, time, plum, plum out of luck, plum, plum. And, and and tangerine, and tangerine oranges, yeah. and yep, yeah. So hi, hi. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah. How, how you doing? It's Mother's Day weekend. It is. Yeah. It is. Nothing like Irish and Mother's Day. M is for the many things she gave me. Oh, I don't know how the yeah. rest of it goes. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Yeah, I, I would stop now. Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah. I stop. Yeah, but you're right. Um, Irish moms are are legendary, and uh, they've been. Um, Commemorated, regaled, honored, and given great prestige in song. Father's Day, not so much. Maybe three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is that kind of sentiment. So so do you have your Irish music all ready to go? Irish Mother's Day music all ready to go? You know, back in the day, yeah. <laughs> again, we're sliding into geezer radio here, <laughs> as we tend to do. Um, but back in the day, when everything was like behind yeah. me on vinyl... We Matt and I would have to come in like on the Thursday before Mother's Day just to get all yeah. the. But now with the great assets and you know, yeah. so you could arrange your, so you internet, could arrange your stack of wax. My stack of wax is on my key drive. <laughs> yes, yeah, yep. Whatever that's made of. I don't know. Who knows? No, who knows? Yeah, I, I will let you know that little flash drive. Yeah. I, the one I record my show on every week, mm-hmm. I have that has gone through the washing machine twice. Yeah, I know, and it thing worked perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's indestructible. You, you could never do that with a record. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried a couple of times. Yeah. Actually, the first Beach Boys record I again, again sliding into Geezer Radio, uh, a forty-five vinyl that I bought down in Washington D.C. when I visited my aunt down in nineteen sixty, mm, whatever it was. Um, it was what was it? I don't know what the but it, we put the record in the back. Um, of the car, yep. the station wagon, yep. and uh, it was hot. Yeah, <laughs> and the record just expanded. <laughs> <laughs> Still played. Still played. But it was twice the size of the other forty-five. Yeah. Wow, look yeah. at that. Well, where we there we are. We'll 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 get out of Geezerhood, get right. into the Irish Parade. I enjoy the trip to Geezerville with you, though. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Karen just going, what are yeah, they talking what about? Are they talking what about? are they yeah, talking yeah, about? I know. Hey, we got to get going. The very best in Irish music with Paul Sullivan. The Irish Hit Parade is coming up now. Happy Mother's Day to Karen. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Uh, Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.